Happy Monday. Today, we're going to talk about status. Primarily, what makes a brand special and are we special just by buying it? What's the best practice when it comes to deciding when to splurge and when to save? Are the brands we buy our identity? And why? And should it stay that way? Join us for these questions and more right here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this thoughtful episode of Beauty Reform School. Oh, hi. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so you can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad PJ Brown, the artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child, the one who's done it the hard way for decades, and now... I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. And if this sounds like you, grab your pen and grab your scratch pad. And let's figure this crap out together. Right here at Beauty Reform School. a few texts we need to brass so I think we shall do it now there's only one more week until Lulu the cat's mom comes home to pick her up it's been a very it's been a learning experience I have learned that I probably would not have a cat of my own, although I like being a cat auntie. Um, It is a different world than being a dog godmother. Um, A completely different world, in fact, but but it taught me a lot. Lulu the cat is sweet, uh, can be vindictive (laughs) when she wants to be, when she doesn't like how the schedule goes or something like that but she's a sweet girl and she listens 92 percent of the time so she's all right by me i had friends ask me was i going to miss her and i will admit that i will miss her fluffy face and her cute little paws and i will miss the energy of her sleeping in a chair uh nearby but I am going to be happy to have my life back because I feel like I have been working in servitude for the last two months. So, you know, I tip my hat to Lulu the cat. And, uh, you know, in a week, uh, in a week or so, I'll be able to go back to recording the way I used to. And, and that'll be that'll be nice. All right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think so regarding that kind of stuff. Um, 
when you get this episode, it will be officially President's Day. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm, in Philly, there's been, the news has not been good. I will not get into it because I am not trying to bring that energy into this episode. Uh, so I don't even know why I brought it up. Yeah, I don't know either. Anyway, on to the next topic. I've had a few people ask me about consultations and advice, and I have good news. Beauty Reform School now has a Patreon. Different tiers will give you different opportunities. You can contribute in small ways to offer support and help fund the production of the podcast, or you can contribute in larger ways and book one of the consultations, which is yours for anything from tutorials to brand recommendations, troubleshooting, and advice. Now, my favorite is the mirror consultation where I, yours truly, will walk you through step-by-step on how to do a particular beauty application. I'll even demonstrate as we go. Your support will provide much-needed things like helping with production costs, equipment, and hopefully one day being able to hire more staff. And more staff leads to more services and hopefully one day even live shows, shows, shows. So go on over to patreon.com and sign up if you can. Did I mention you get a shout out on the podcast? Well, you do. All right. That being said, today's resources are ranker.com. Now, let's get on with the episode. So a few weeks ago, I was reading an article about how the beauty industry had to pivot in order to adapt, if you will, to the quarantine and the quarantine uh, aesthetic and energy. And all of a sudden, all the beauty influencers went from doing elaborate makeup looks to self-care moments, you know? Um, So everybody was talking about self-care and skincare and, oh, this is my natural face. This is me doing my makeup, that, 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 that. That's not to say everyone did that, but a lot of people did that, you know? And the, the attention was on staying at home and not going out and self-care moments and uh, maybe a makeup look here or there, that a Zoom-worthy makeup look, something like that, um, which we haven't discussed. Um, so if you want to hear about Zoom-worthy makeup, feel free and we'll, I'll do an episode on it and we'll talk about it. Um, so let me know. And for those of you who love to, who love to reach out and let me know these things, I adore you because I like knowing what you want to hear about and I like pivoting my episodes towards that because again as I said before I do want this to be a community space so that we can exchange ideas and questions and thoughts and the like anyway so before I get too far off of my train of thought um so yeah the the beauty chat was starting to pivot in that direction and um 
it made me think because for as long as we all can remember, beauty and the beauty industry has been geared at uh, consumerism and go get it, go get it, go get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Um, so that didn't change much because instead of telling you to buy, you know, this, this lipstick or this eyeliner, it was telling you now to buy this moisturizer or this exfoliant or this serum, which I appreciate because, you know, skincare, 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 um, very, very important. So I, I do support that wholeheartedly. Um, but it goes deeper than that. Um, because for as long as I've been in the beauty industry and beyond, it's always been about trying to promote a certain brand. This is the brand of the moment. Get this brand. If you don't have this brand, you're missing out. You're losing out on something if you don't get this particular brand, only this brand, this brand alone. Like it's always been that, very much that. So it made me think about status and classism. And it made me think, hmm, isn't it time to change that? Isn't it time to turn our focus not so much to the label and the status and maybe turn it more to what is this product doing for me? In the words of Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? So that's a good question. When you're picking a brand, what can it do for you? And is it the thing that you want done? That's the question I feel like we need to put in the forefront. Now, I will be the first to admit that a piece of luxury is a thing of beauty when it comes to, you know, a gorgeous bag or a coat or shoes or, yes, a nice car. Okay, that's great. It There's the craftsmanship that is put into luxury products is bar none which is why it is luxury and i will agree to that the aesthetics alone just make me tingle yes i agree to that but i do not agree that it is the only thing that can get the job done and that is not to say that the product that you get has to be trash it does not there are plenty of brands. Oh, just knock something over. There are plenty of brands that are good on their own. They're simple in aesthetic. They're basic and sleek, but the what's inside is incredible. And we need to be on the lookout more for those things. Those little secret dark horses those those quiet those those quiet things that are really really great we need to start looking out for those a lot more um yeah 
And I have beauty items that I like that go range all the way from, you know, considered high end to considering, you know, drugstore brands. So it's not even a matter of like, oh, you know, it's got to be this or that. There was a joke a while back that somebody was making, was laughing because Oprah would put a list of her favorite things in her magazine and she's like, ah, I can't live without this or ah, I can't live without that. But they were usually like the price range was ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, And I love Oprah, but I used to just be in shock at the price ranges because I was like, uh, am I? I mean, I know that I've been, I'm in the poverty range for sure, you know, Um, but damn, you know, damn, I guess I'm super extra poor, huh? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a story for another day, but it kind of can be very disheartening. I will say this, it can be very disheartening when you are of a lower tax bracket and you realize you can't afford these things on a regular basis. You can't do that. And the people who are in a lower tax bracket and they splurge for these things and they, they let other bills fall to the wayside just so they can attain these status symbols, that's no good either. And also, does that mean that if you don't make a lot of money, does that mean that you have to just do without skincare? The answer is no, you don't. Because I've said before, it doesn't really even matter what brand you use for the sake of this argument. It's just that you use it, that you're consistent, that you take care of your skin. That's the thing. Now, I'm not saying that any old piece of skincare, low quality, no thought put into it, skincare is okay. I'm not saying that at all um, because that's not that's not the case. Um, but there are brands of a, with a lower price point that are just as good and get the job done and that's what we should focus more on i feel okay so there's that got that out of the way got that said that's been said all right now we're gonna run through i was on ranker.com and we're gonna run through um a few things so let's start with l'oreal right l'oreal to me Consider used to be the height of sophistication in the drugstore when I was growing up. Getting a L'Oreal product was just opulence to me growing up. It's like a L'Oreal mascara, what? It's like a whole $9, oh my God. You know, as a teenager, what? What? Oh my God, what? I couldn't afford that. You better move down the aisle to Wet n Wild. Can't do that. L'Oreal. I couldn't do it. Too expensive. But, you know, to some people now, L'Oreal is not considered, you know, the height of opulence because there are brands that are even fancier now and, you know. But the interesting thing about L'Oreal is it is under the umbrella of none other than YSL, Yves Saint Laurent. So... It's amazing when you think about it that way, you know, L'Oreal Paris, you know, so you're getting the 
I don't know if you want to, if we call it the cousin or the baby sister of YSL itself. So that really changes the perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so that company shares formulas and manufacturers with some of the world's most successful luxury brands, including Giorgio Armani. Um, so yeah, <laughs> there's that. Um, okay, so, uh, let me see. And okay, so, mm-mm-mm. looking at my notes here, I get lost. I have my glasses on, I swear. It's just, you know, I get lost. Anyway. Now, L'Oreal's Voluminous Mascara is a cult favorite, right? Um, and some say it's every bit as good as its high-end counterpart, which is Lancome, Lancome's Definicils. Now, I'm going to take a pause here and we're going to talk about that. Um, some would say that L'Oreal owns Lancome. And the two brands have a lot of crossover when it comes to formula design and packaging. And that might have some truth to it. But when it comes to mascara, one thing is that I'm a particular stickler for, not only is it the formula important, but the brush. Because based off of the kind of lashes you have, different brushes are gonna work better for you. Some brushes are designed to give you definition. Um, therefore, the brush is going to be thinner so that you can get more out of the way that you use it. A big bulky brush is not going to give you the uh, precision. That's the word I'm looking for. It's not going to give you the precision that you were hoping for. So based off of the kind of lashes that you have, you have to be focused on that. For example, I have very small, fine lashes, so a big brush is not gonna do a whole lot for me. It's not, it's not gonna give me the definition I want. It's not gonna give me the precision that I want. It's gonna take a lot more effort. I can get it done because I know how to hold my brush, but it's a pain. It's a pain. You shouldn't have to go through all that is my point. So if you have small, thin lashes, then a small, thin brush is best. If you have big, thicker lashes, then fine. You can use a big, thicker brush. See what I did there? So just keep your eye out for that. And nowadays, a lot of the, if you're trying to wonder, well, how will I know? A lot of the packaging will show you what the brush looks like. Um, and I'm really glad they started doing that. So there you have it. Okay. Now, uh, when it comes to Maybelline, its counterpart is IT Cosmetics. Who knew? Um, they, they're actually owned by the same parent company, L'Oreal, which we know L'Oreal owns a lot. Um, they have, they might have, uh, now it might have reached like cult favor status, but it actually isn't much different from Maybelline's Budget Virgin. I will say this though, it has a very, very high level of coverage. And I do not know if, say, 
Dream Pure BB cream is has that same level. Um, it's just something that you would have to experiment and find out for yourself. And not even to say, does it have the same level, but does it have enough for you? I guess that's the, the most important thing. Yes. All right. On to uh, Urban Decay, right? So Urban Decay, they were funded decades apart, um, but they were made for the same reasons, right? To fill the gap in the market. And they wanted to give off-the-wall colors. They wanted to give us strangeness. They wanted to give us rebellion, all of that stuff. Um, NYX wanted to give women professional products that were also affordable. So they both got swept up under the umbrella of L'Oreal. And as a result, they get to share trade secrets. Um, so they have more similarities. So that's great. There you go. So if you can't afford Urban Decay, when you go for NYX, know that that gap is not as far as you might originally have thought. Um, we're going to circle back around to that though, because I'm going to, we're going to talk a little bit about the differences in a bit. Um, all right. So when it comes to Mac, um, Flirt Cosmetics would be the cousin of Mac. Um, Mac is made for pro artists and Flirt is a fun, aimed at youth, um, kind of brand, but they do have two points of overlap. Uh, both companies are owned by Estee Lauder. And both have the perfect bluish red shade of lipstick. So, there that is. <laughs> All right. Now, remember that vlog that outed Kylie Cosmetics lip kits as being almost exact knockoffs of ColourPop Cosmetics? After beauty blogger Stephanie Nicole compared the ingredients of both products side by side on her YouTube channel and proved that the formulas were the same, ColourPop admitted that it does in fact manufacture Kylie's lip kits. Yep. So that's the end of that story. So if you're trying if you wanted a Kylie lip kit and you were trying to save some money, there you go. Color pop. That's it. That's the post. <laughs> so Anthropology has an affordable beauty line called Albiet. And the signature laid back French aesthetic, you know. Um, the fact is that the line is manufactured in the same factory as Madame Charlotte Tilbury herself. This means that you can get Charlotte Tilbury luxury without paying Charlotte Tilbury prices. Um, and you can wait for it to go on sale at Anthro and have at it. So there it is. Now, <clears throat> 
Cosmetic giant Shiseido owns both Bare Minerals and NARS, meaning that the must-have NARS blush orgasm might be as unique to the brand as you thought. So, when beauty brands share a parent company, they also share so much more, including factories and formulas. Sometimes, that's the disclaimer, all right? Um... Now, Bare Minerals, I'm going to be respectful because, you know. But when it comes to Bare Minerals, blush is probably the only thing I would use when it comes to that. Me. The only thing I would use. I'm not telling you not to use it. I will say this. Those uh, people that are not of color you have a lot more options when it comes to bare minerals. And I'm gonna just say it right here and now, I do not care how many people of color are slapped on the packaging and on the advertisements. No. Just no. Go back to the drawing board. You have a lot of work to do. Okay, beauty conglomerate Procter & Gamble dominates the skincare and self-care industries, managing 20 brands in the cosmetic, fragrance, and skincare spaces. SK2 and Olay are both members of the Procter & Gamble family, making many wonder if SK2 is really worth the outrageous prices because a cleanser can run you upwards of $70. Food for thought. Okay, and La Mer is considered the height of luxury when it comes to skincare, and one of the most have tubs of Creme La Mer can run you almost a hundred dollars for just fifteen milliliters of the product. So if you're not ready to drop that cash on a cream, Estee Lauder's Nightwear is a good alternative. Now, Estee Lauder and Bobbi Brown have similar backstories. Both companies were started and run by women. Both have a reputation for high-quality ingredients and long-wearing products. And both are now operated by the same parent company. The only difference is a slight jump in price from Estee to Bobbi. If you're a fan of Bobbi Brown's Longwear Ever Finish Foundation, you can get the same long-lasting smooth finish from Estee Lauder's Double Wear for about half the price. You heard that correctly. <laughs> about half the price. Now, Estee Lauder's company was started by a woman, Estee herself, mixing formulas in her bedroom. Now today, it's one of the largest corporations in the beauty industry and it owns more than 20 brands. Tom Ford Beauty is one of them. What? So the next time you're contemplating dropping more than $50 on a Tom Ford lipstick, you can go Take your $20 and maybe get something from Estee instead. All right. So, what are the deal breakers? Now, at the end of the day, one of the most noticeable things about a high-end cosmetic versus a drugstore brand, if you will, are the extra steps that are taken. 
Sometimes the ingredients may be similar, but the time taken to add extra pigment, mill the powder finer and longer to create a smoother consistency are the things that you want to keep an eye out for. Perhaps a little bit um, more of a particular ingredient, a more moisturizing ingredient, um, uh, something to make the texture silkier. And if you do your research, you can find that those qualities, you can find those qualities despite the price tag. And it really just depends on the brand. Now, I'll say something like uh, Givenchy has their signature lavender scent or uh, the aesthetic of a brand or the way that the packaging is made. Um, gorgeous packaging that comes with a little pouch or a little mirror added or something extra special. Um, slick black lacquer gets me hot and bothered and excited and, and a nice gold trim or something, something about the packaging, something unique too, maybe to that brand that you can't get anywhere else. It was that maybe the packaging was designed by someone, um, just for that brand. So that's something exclusive, which, you know, we all are suckers for exclusive, those are the things that have those bells and whistles that make us excited. Um, you know, that makes us excited. And that's the thing that draws us to a brand, aside from what that brand represents for us, aside from what that brand says to us about people and places and things. Um, different celebrities that have attached their names to certain brands. Those are the things that get our attention. Um, and that brings us further and further away from what the product actually does for us, right? Now, bear in mind that finely milled things make the makeup look a lot more like skin. Um, one of the products with a lower end, uh, one of the gripes with a lower end product is that maybe it might oxidize a little quicker than other brands and change colors on you. We talked about oxidization before. Um, it'll change colors on you and that's an issue. It might do that quicker than you would like. Um, when it comes to eyeliners, it they might not be, have, the formula might not be as creamy. It might pull at your eye. It might, um, it would, It'll be difficult, you know. So back in the day, a lot of my friends used to use a lighter to soften their eyeliner, but I was a little nervous to do that. Um, I always felt like I burned my eyelids somehow with like, you know, with extra hot um, eyeliner and I didn't want to take a chance. But some may argue eyeliners over the $10 mark don't pull or glide and they stay all day without smudging or oxidizing. But I find that some drugstore brands get the job done as well. Um, I remember Black Radiance and Posner used to be some of my favorite and I still use them to this day. Posner made a lipstick that they discontinued and I was heartbroken. Um, but I am still, I'm still on the lookout. I'm still on the lookout. Nowadays you can find, um, lipsticks that are a similar color to what I was looking for. It was this beautiful, beautiful grape jelly purple that I loved. Um, and nowadays the color range of lipsticks have expanded 
by leaps and bounds. So I'm sure it's out there somewhere. But I liked the formula of the Posner. It was very creamy. It didn't dry out my lips. There was just a lot to it. And I loved that it was Posner. So, mm. you know. Um, when it comes to eyeshadows, there are a few variables here, like your eyes, the oil level of your eyelids, um, whether or not you use a primer, whether or not you set it. Um, pigmentation tends to be um, better the more expensive the brand because they use more pigmentation in the color, but it's not always the case. Juvia's Place is a fantastic price point and their pigments are out of this world. I will say that. Um, that being said though, sealing with a setting spray always helps. Um, eyeliners can tend to be a little bit more forgiving price-wise. When it comes to lipstick, depending on what you want it for is what's gonna matter. Um, you know, a good lipstick is always worth its weight in gold. Um, lasting, your lasting power is gonna be longer if you exfoliate your lips, um, fill with lip liner, um, and put lipstick on top. If you want more conversation about lipstick, the Give Me Some Lip episode will help. Um, if you don't mind reapplying your makeup multiple times a day, then getting a lesser expensive lipstick is fine. But there are some lesser expensive lipsticks that will work just fine. And if you blot your lipstick and you do the steps that you need to keep your lipstick on for a long time, you can still do something with a lower price point. And as I've mentioned before, the odds of you having to change, um, to reapply your lipstick is gonna happen. Talking, eating, drinking things, moving your lips around all day long is going to require, it's gonna wear down the color. It just is. It just is. And some will last longer and some won't. And I've had some lipsticks that have lasted almost all day. But by the end of the day, it felt like I had sandpaper on my lips. And it's it, ha it it's gonna be drying to an extent. I do not care what anybody argues, it's gonna be drier. It has to be in order to stay. It's gotta be. Sometimes it'll be more flexible, but even the rubbery consistency will eventually feel quite dry by the end of the day. The more oils you put on your lips to make them feel more moisturized and more hydrated, the drier it's going to be at the end of the day. Some people don't mind a dry lip because they just, they just, their goal is for it to stay all day. That's the goal. Um, so you have, again, you have to decide what you need from the product, what you want, and then you make the decision. When it comes to highlighters, there are so many and the price points are from very low to very high. So, you know, but I will say, um, and I, I've seen some low price points highlighters that work well, that work lovely. Um, you just have to see, you have to test them out. You gotta find out what's milled finely, what's not, on and on. There you go. Liquid eyeliner, um, it's challenging. It's a huge challenge. Um, uh, on one hand, I don't think you have to buy the most expensive liquid liner, but a lot of cheaper brands don't have the staying power that I'd like. But I find that something within a 20 to $30 range works for me 
Usually when I buy a cheaper brand, I tend to regret it, but that could very well be because of the oils around my eyes personally and because my hooded eyes tend to make it harder for eyeliner to stay. So I do use a fine setting powder after I put on my liquid liner to extend the life of it and I do use a setting spray, but my Stila lip liner has always never let me down and every time I go shell out for it, I'm annoyed because it is more expensive than a drugstore brand. But at the end of the day, it never lets me down. It just doesn't. And when I have other brands, they dry out a lot faster. They don't last as long, etc. And then I regret it that I was trying to save a couple bucks. And then I always end up crawling back to Stila. So there is that. Food for thought, everyone. Food for thought. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's been wonderful bringing it to you. It would be so appreciated if you could follow Beauty Reform School on its channel as well as rate, review, and subscribe. It seems tedious, I know, but it's how we get going. And don't get lost in the algorithm. And as always, you know I'm looking forward to hearing from you and I'm looking forward to you sending me your stories and those magical people who you think I would enjoy talking to and you think people could benefit from what they have to offer. I'm also looking for your questions, so I know what to make episodes about. And if you're not sure how to do any of that, you can do it in one of three ways. On Instagram, as at Beauty Reform School, Facebook, at Beauty Reform School, or you can go right to the source at beautyreformschool.com. Thank you so much for your listenership, and thank you in advance for your listenership in the future and pencils down classes dismissed and i'll see you next week